from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, November 9th, 2012. It's a relevant podcast. It's mid-November already. It is. Holiday season. Full Merry effect. Christmas. All right. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, the very lovely and sickly Maya Strang. Uh-huh. Hey. S- not sickly looking, though. No, just in physical health. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, just everybody. in very poor health. <laughs> we're on a, we're, we're on a very fi- concerned. We're on a five-second throw-up delay. <laughs> <laughs> I might just she's run got, out. She's got a trash can next to her. <laughs> we think we're, we're past the uh, evacuation stage of her sickness, and uh, we're now back in the replenishing stage of her sickness. Okay. And so now I'm trying to pump nutrients into her. She's trying to put some color back on her face. She's very, very pale. You said I was beautiful or lovely. I did? Oh, yeah, lovely. <laughs> yeah, let's just have it. How about we go on to this guy? Uh, to her left. <laughs> <laughs> With a very red face, full of robust color. Oh, thank, I Calvin think you're arguing. Thank you. Uh, this just in, CBS is predicting that I will be here the entire podcast episode. <laughs> so just stay tuned. Um, it's not confirmed. And in about 15 minutes, CNN will also confirm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this. Not only will I say it, I'll post it on Facebook. If that's true, I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's why reasonable, rational response to this whole thing. I'm out of here. Completely rational. Yeah. yeah. Over there on our, on the uh, ones and twos, our, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snape. Hello, friends. And on the audible.com line, we got him back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yes, we can. <laughs> Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. You're welcome for the nuanced political analysis as well. Did it, okay, so this, okay, you know, behind the scenes. We record this usually on a Wednesday, so we did. So you're it hearing this two days old. Yep. So last night was the election, um, and so people are talking about it today. At the there office. goes my slice. Thanks, Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait, you're talking about X Factor, right? So this morning, uh, come in, people are talking about how like their Facebook feeds were just full of really angry of, people. It, it, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, so, so I don't see any of that because... I unfollow or unlike or unfriend anybody who's crazy. But that takes the fun out of it. Out of either side crazy, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, either side. If you're extreme and trying to jam your extreme, illogical, unchristian type stuff down my throat in social media, I, boom, done. One click. Thank you very much. So I had a very blissful. That's my favorite thing about Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so that's not what it's for? I, yeah, a, I just love going on there and reading it. I have a bunch laughing. of even-minded, rational, moderate Christian friends. So, <laughs> I, I, One of my friends, he, he was just uh, uh, tweeting and Facebooking throughout the night, uh, just repeating things that he saw in election coverage that sounded like awesome football commentary. Like the ground, <laughs> the gr- the ground game is going really well. well you know, <laughs> Romney almost broke through the firewall. <laughs> and like Hail Mary in Ohio. Like literally it was like Chris Collinsworth doing election coverage. So the craziest stat I heard last night was can you name the last time a Republican won the presidential election that wasn't named Bush or Nixon? Oh, it was like the twenties, wasn't it? Yeah, nineteen twenty eight. Nineteen twenty eight. Bush or Nixon wasn't on the ticket. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So so maybe what the Republicans need to do is get Jeb Bush for the next Next yeah, well, they're over they're saying about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't they're think saying. they'll do no, it. No, no, no. There's going to be a civil war in the Republican Party. Jeb Bush represents the moderate Republicans who want immigration reform, and yeah. they they're moderate. He, I like him a lot. And and then there's the Paul Ryan and extreme conservative. He's weird. Almost He's like a child. Well, there'll be a mandatory 300 <laughs> crunches every morning if Paul Ryan's president. <laughs> yeah, Which a, isn't a quick yeah. We all have session. to run I'm okay four mile that. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's what Paul Ryan, President Ryan, would do. Yeah. His institute mandatory physical fitness <laughs> mandatory for America. Mandatory physical fitness. <laughs> it's all a lot of our problems. I think it's going to be Jeb Bush against Hillary Clinton. It's going to be Bush Clinton again. No way. Yep. That'd be That's awesome. I, I think you're going to see, if if like a Jeb Bush doesn't emerge, I think you'll see a, the next gen that, that like Paul Ryan's part of, the Ricky Rubios, the Paul yeah. Ryans, the, the Republican Obama, essentially. Yeah. I think that's who will lead the party. 
and redefine the party. Um, and then on the Democratic side, I don't know who you have. I don't think it'll be Clinton. I think Chris Christie's going to switch parties. No way. I do. I think he's. You gonna, think he, what would be because of what he said post Sandy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think he's gonna I think he's gonna show himself to be more moderate, and he's gonna uh, make a challenge to be the Democratic nominee. No way. You heard, no it, here way. On the, you heard it here on the relevant podcast, people. When I'm right in four years, you guys can just come talk to It'll me. It'll be the opposite of Ryan. <laughs> Everybody Physique. has mandatory donuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it'd be like Krispy Kreme for everyone every morning. <laughs> That's probably the national health care plan. Free donuts are covered. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That actually would be sweet. That'd be great. Yeah. That's it, how you yeah. stimulate small business. Uh, every yeah. small business gets every, free donuts yeah, every, delivered every morning. Yeah. There's going to be a whole bunch of donuts. I'd say everywhere. this. People would show up to work on time. <laughs> <laughs> productivity increase nationally. People showing up early because they don't want to get like the nasty cream filled. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You, you calculate how many employees you have, and you buy like seventy five percent are like the chocolate sprinkles that everyone wants, and then you get a couple nasty cream fills that the late people get. But in all seriousness, you know, people, I, I would like to think that a lot of our readers would fall under this mindset. But um, you know, we've said this before when we've polled our our readership. 78% of our readers feel that we are politically balanced. 11% of our readers say we're too liberal. 11% say we're too conservative. And so, you know, I think there's this even-mindedness, and I would like to think a, a Christ... I'd like to be able to eat my donuts and work out at the same time. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we All in have moderation. Our, yeah. So, so I'd, like, I'd like to think that, you know, the people who are attracted to this platform would kind of fall under that 78%, you know, that realize both parties are right and wrong and that no matter who's in the white house there's work to be done as as christians i mean there's things that no matter who took the white house we wouldn't agree with policy wise um and 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 you know with president obama getting four more years now's the time more than ever to pray for our leaders i mean first timothy 2 2 is pretty clear on that to pray for our leaders and 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 not pray because you you think he's evil and like pray that God would, you know, I, I don't know, like venge for the election or something, you know, mm-hmm. but, but pray for him. He, president Obama, I know from firsthand uh, conversations with him and, and his uh, uh, spiritual advisors that he is a, he is an increasingly strong believer. He is a Christian uh, in theology and practice. He prays every day. Right. The man is worth praying for, and our country is worth praying for. And we as Christians need to not be divisive right now. We need to be unifying. We need to find the good ideas, the right ideas, the right things that can move our country forward and create positive impact both domestically and internationally. We need to work together to do that. Um, I think that there's a moment in time in these next few months where the tenor of the next few years will be decided. And now more than ever, we need to pray and have our voice heard to say, like, listen, we should be reaching across the aisle on certain ideas. And and, and anyway, whether or not we can enact change as individuals, collectively, I think um, we need to be known, Christians need to be known, not for partisanship and, and, and hatefulness, but we need to say, listen, uh, <laughs> this is our president. We need to keep him in prayer. This is our, our, our Senate. This is our Congress. We need to keep every one of our leaders in prayer. And we need to stand up for what we believe in and stand up for what's right. And, and you know, trust that God's in control, folks. It is not about an election, that God's right. still on the throne, and it's okay, you know? Well, well and then a, a, really a well rational said. plan B is to post a short-sighted, inflammatory opinion on Facebook. <laughs> because what I found is that generally persuades people pretty effectively <laughs> over, over my political opinion. So it's either A or B. You go cameras, well, you can go mine. Um, <laughs> either way, guys, we're changing a nation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, either way. Either way. Either way. Well, listen. I'm glad um, the election season's over. <laughs> I saw so many political ads. I'm so thankful that we're going to go back to consumerism Yay. and products and uh, movies, movie advertising. <laughs> I always enjoy those. Yeah. You know, anyway. music releases. Things they, like don't, that. they don't advertise music releases uh, yeah. and commercials. <laughs> commercials. Not, Which channel do you watch? <laughs> I watch Fuse. I watch a lot of the, the one where you, you still buy. Now that's what I call music compilation from a one eight hundred number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have their own channel. Ooh, Third Eye Blind and Blink one eighty two. Grab the phone. Where's the credit card? <laughs> Audible.com. 
Audible.com, the sponsor of Jesse's line. It That's sounds, who you could thank for this. It sounds so clear, <laughs> so so true. Uh, they're the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Um, they have more than 100,000 titles available. Uh, you can download your choices. You can access them on your PC. You can burn the books onto CDs. You can, op- you can put them on your iPods, your other MP3 devices. It's quick, easy, fun, affordable. Uh, recent podcast guests whose books are available on audible.com. Here we go. Ready? Stephen Furtick, oh. Bob Goff, yep. John Acuff, Don Miller, Dave Ramsey, Brian McLaren, Craig Rochelle, Jonathan Merritt, Rick Warren, and the list goes on. Wow. So, folks, um, right now, if you go to a very specific URL, uh, audible.com is giving relevant podcast listeners a free audiobook and a 30-day trial of their service by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. Again, audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. And Jesse, how do you spell audible? Uh, Just phonetically. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What you do is you type it into Google and it'll it'll lead you there. (laughs) Trust me. Don't type it in the browser. You might misspell it and you don't want to see where that leads. (laughs) We have a great podcast coming up for you today. Um, Coming up later, we talk to uh, Dustin Kinsru, former, well not former, lead singer of Thrice, uh, one of our favorite bands, been on the cover of Relevant a few years ago. Uh, he now has a new worship project called The Modern Post. And um, it's actually spotlit in the brand new issue of Relevant. And more of that interview will appear here on the podcast. Uh, we also talked to Alex Singamana, who's a orphan from the Rwandan genocide. Yeah. Whose life was changed by a very unexpected event. It's, hmm. uh, it's really cool. It's a really cool story coming wow. up later. Uh, but up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, November 13th. One Direction. Mm. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Take Me Home. Mm. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. And all of our 13-year-old <laughs> listeners said, yeah. <laughs> um, They listened to all the political co- talk just for that. Just yeah. For yeah, that. yeah, they were waiting to make sure we recognized this One Direction. This is <laughs> worth it. This is literally the worst lineup yeah. we've had yet. No, I know. Uh, not not our pick of the week, but the others. Right. Uh, Soundgarden's coming out with King Animal. <laughs> I like wow. in high school. Been really wondering what what they were gonna say, so this is this should be good. Kid Rock is coming out with Rebel oh, Soul. Man. Yeah, man, <laughs> this is a Windows Down type of release Tuesday. <laughs> and the def- just pe- just peeling out on some some main drags in my downtown, and then out to the desert. <laughs> <laughs> in Virginia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Wind- beach, you know, top down, just rocking. <laughs> The Stay out of my way too. If you see me, just pull over. You don't want to. You don't want to be in the way of this rock train. <laughs> it's coming steam rolling through. Uh, also coming out the deaf Deftones with Koi No Yokin. Koi No Yokin. Uh, also, a releasing in the relevant store, relevantstore.com. Heath McNeese with his new project, Losing Daylight. Awesome. It's a uh, it's a really great album. It's only five bucks. Mm. At, oh. at relevantstore.com. Score. Go get that. And our pick of the week, How to Destroy Angels Ooh. with an Omen. Is that our pick of the week? How to destroy angels? That's not very biblical. Is it about snow angels? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's it's the it's 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 like a dog um, that comes out in the snow and pees on the snow angel and it, it destroys it. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's very. And like, if a dog just, does that, that's the omen. That's the omen. An omen. Yeah. 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 So so it's a spiritual. Yeah. yeah. It's not quite Christmas music, but it's holiday music. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. It's it's its own unique take on right. the solstice season. <laughs> <laughs> Did you um, look at more than two places? For this music, I did. I actually looked at three places, including relevantstore.com. Including relevantstore.com. <laughs> yeah, that's the first place I check now. Because uh-huh. if oh. it's not there, it's probably not worth mentioning. But sure. every Tuesday, we'll be releasing new products on Relevant Store, especially through the holiday season. Uh, it's not just music; it's also bags, apparel, uh, fair trade items, um, other media items, some really cool stuff in relevantstore.com, and good prices too. Yeah. Like all of our books and all that kind of stuff's in there too, and it's all cheaper than Amazon. Yeah. So, 
Like there were books for three dollars I saw the other day. Nice. Wow. Did you approve? And it's that? not even on sale. Well, it's cheaper than Amazon. Like yeah. Amazon had it for like four. We put it for three. Hmm. So anyway. There you go. Make, make Cheap bank. Christmas present. We're making bank on that make, one. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> made about 19 cents. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, movies coming out. Uh, it's kind of a staggered release week. On Thursday, November 15th, The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2. What? No. Soundtrack by One Direction. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, it probably is a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah probably. Is. They, typically they always are. have a good soundtrack, yeah. The, movie the, the, the baseball scene so in this one I heard is epically scored <laughs> by a rock band. <laughs> yeah, instead of being by Muse, this one's by Kid Rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, movies uh, coming out on Friday, November 16th, one and one only. Anna Karenina, starring Kira Knightley and Jude Law. All right, that'll do it for your entertainment releases and political recap. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. This week's podcast is sponsored by Thomas Nelson, introducing a new kind of Jesus biography. In this compelling work, Leonard Sweet and Frank Viola combine historical Jesus studies with biblical theology, crafting together one breathtaking saga that tells the Jesus story in both Old and New Testaments. This flagship book demonstrates clearly that every bit of scripture is part of the same stunning drama, which the authors refer to as the theography of Jesus Christ. You can learn more at thomasnelson.com. You're listening to Blonde Fire. Sounds painful. <laughs> Song is where the kids are. Actually, if a blonde was on fire, I bet you the neighborhood kids would come out and watch. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, they'd put her out. I don't she know. Neighborhood fire. kids tend to like throw rocks at cats. Mm-hmm. A blonde on fire sounds like a good way to destroy angels. Well, the kids are listening if to they, one. If they the, I was going to say, this is dark, guys. <laughs> Blondfire, where the kids are. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Stepdad with Jungles. Stepdad, one word, awesome album. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Awesome album. If you like Active Child, Purity Ring, Passion Pit, XX, Passion Pit, all that kind of stuff, you will love Stepdad. That's interesting because my stepdad once drove me out to a jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Left me there. So, <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not too excited about this release. <laughs> the album's called Wildlife Pop. Mm-hmm. Wildlife pop. Yep. Anyway, he was my wildlife pop because he drove me out to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wrote oh. this album, didn't you? Guys? Yeah, it's gonna be here all day. It's an all. It's a tell-all album in music. A pop. shocking true crime tell-all. <laughs> true crime <laughs> from the Discovery Investigation Channel. Right. Yeah. It's pretty intense. It draws you in. You watch five minutes. That's that's actually true. The reenactments are always terrible, but you always end up watching the whole thing. Yeah, the voiceover so ominous. Yeah. On the evening of January 4th, 1987. I have to know what happened. Calvin stepped out. I love how they they title, like, and and now welcome back to Bridge to Destruction. And it's about (laughs) about people who who were last seen in a car driving over a bridge. And then they'd name it, you know, like the the bridge to Disappearedville, or the, you know. <laughs> yeah. the and there's titles always, are always like, melodramatic. And there, there's a lot of creepy like montages of snapshots of that person, you know, like oh man, that's that that Polaroid that Polaroid shouldn't be as frightening as it is. Yeah. The true crime of your stepdad driving you to the jungle and leaving you there, mm-hmm. and you calling him your wildlife pop. My what wild would life. that episode be? That <laughs> that one's uh, the day. The day he leaved, I don't know. <laughs> and now, it's not, it's not grammatically correct. The conclusion of and now the conclusion. The day of, he leaved. The day he leaved. <laughs> Calvin's stepdad. <laughs> and they always show the same like pictures over and over again, like the the Ken Burns photo oh, yeah. effect. Yeah. And oh yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, it's like, the first did, yeah, did my pictures. Tebow jump back or are we just recapping? It's seven right. minutes recapping. of actual visuals right. over the course of 45 minutes. Exactly. Sure. I love yeah. the guy on NBC that does it on Dateline. Yes. Where, where, oh. he, where he, he has this cadence. Yeah, where, where, yeah, where he's oh. like, um, but if that's the case, then why did he return to the jungle? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> we went down to Boca Raton to find out. <laughs> I'm going to be up all night. This is too good. I have to know. I have to know right. what happened. To common stepdad. All yeah. right. Uh, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I'm going to read the headline, and if I need to go further, I will, uh, but I feel like it says it all. It's from Reuters. <laughs> Idaho scientist seeks to launch aerial Bigfoot search with blimp. Oh, nice. nice. What do you got, Calvin? Although that is good enough. Off the top of my head, here's my top five. No. Um, what, wait, so what's an aerial Bigfoot? Is it a flying Bigfoot? Oh, I see. No, no, that would be terrifying. <laughs> that would be no, terrifying. It's the, I'm sorry. I probably read that wrong. I probably should have. I was, re, I was still in dramatic dateline mode. It's an aerial Bigfoot search with a blimp. A scientist in Idaho uh, who's also involved with, the, with the, uh, an Idaho, Idaho State University. He's a faculty member there. He's also author of the book, Sasquatch, Legend Meets Science, is seeking to raise $300,000 in donations to launch his plan to send remote-controlled blimps with thermal imaging cameras around the mountains uh, of, the, of the western United States in search for evidence of Bigfoot. Now, uh, I just want – give me one guess what you think this uh, search research project is called. Uh, uh, I'm just going to tell you. Falcon <laughs> Project. Oh. That's Falcon awesome. Project. It's – so this has raised a lot of controversial uh, controversy among his fellow faculty members who don't think it's a uh, a worthwhile project, especially at the the name of the university attached to, and for the amount of money that it's cost. Uh, and they're on the grounds that well, it's a mythological creature. So um, how much is it costing? It's costing three hundred thousand dollars, which he's trying to raise through private donations uh, to Project Falcon. Yeah, pe- so people need to realize that the universities get grants, and and these these professors they want to do a research projects. Somebody else pays for it. The university doesn't pay for it. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, these other professors can just mind their own business. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Go look, you know, for biological cures to diseases or, you know, more green ways to build homes. We're going to look for Bigfoot. Thanks. You you do you, we'll do us, okay? <laughs> so, my, here's my call to the listeners. I know the elections have have just ended and we have a lot of people that are probably passionate that are donating to their political causes. Well, guess what? Where are you going to where are you going to funnel those donations now that we have have, uh, uh, you know, the elections are over. Project Falcon. Uh, so I'm going to jump, I'm going to, uh, you know, hopefully find a kickstart or something for this thing. But I've already sent them a sizable check. Uh, <laughs> I sent a check. It just, it was made out to Idaho State University in the, in the, in the memo line. It said Project Falcon. So I'm hoping it gets there. They've cashed it. Uh, <laughs> Someone I, just cashed hope, it. I just hope the blimp becomes a reality. Wow. <laughs> what do you have, Maya? Um... So this past week, as we were talking about, was the election. Um, just some interesting news that happened. One man up in Detroit, while he was in the middle of voting, died. Oh. In the middle. In the middle. That's it, okay. He, he did gets, the, did the he gets revived. Okay. Oh, he did. Oh, so he got revived. an old elderly man was sitting with his wife. His wife is helping him vote. And suddenly he was unresponsive. And so there happened to be a guy who was a, a nurse there and he he produ- he uh, he did CPR on him and he revived him, and he the old man knew his name and his wife's name is Steph so he they were like okay you're okay and the only thing he was worried about he goes I love you to his wife and he goes and I want to finish what I came here to do to vote, <laughs> so wow. he did they sat him back up in the chair and he voted. That's an American. That's yeah. an American. That's the the man Rambo fights and dies for, <laughs> <laughs> and then comes back to life for. Yeah. 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 So then did he die? He didn't. After? No, oh, he's so fine. He died and came back. So he, so he, he died. Finished and he, he was didn't able die to again. finish. He did not die after. Yeah, it's wow. not every time he votes he dies. <laughs> 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 this happened four years ago. I'll be all right. I'm fine. <laughs> all right. What do you have, Calvin? Well, this past week, a Texas man was arrested for trying to buy a TV at Walmart for two dollars. He should be arrested. Well, let me unpack this a little bit. A 52-year-old man was arrested uh, at a. Texas Walmart after he allegedly swapped the barcodes on a television with another item that had a barcode price for only $2. Ooh. So he swapped it up, put the sticker on it, brought it to the register and thought like, ah, the perfect crime. 
So he uh, he removed the barcode from the TV and replaced it with a, a barcode for a dollar seventeen that was on a pack of hangers, like mm-hmm. on clothes mm-hmm. hangers, and uh, just went right up and was thinking he was going to get away with it. So they actually charged him with a felony theft, destruction of evidence, a misdemeanor, destruction of writing, all these things. Um, and he's he, he's, lo- he's looking at sixty years. Well, yeah, he's he's gonna get he's gonna get the chair. He um, <laughs> but he had. <laughs> He had previous convictions. Uh, a really poorly made chair from Walmart. Right, what yeah. You're about. So it's probably yeah. going to break. Um, but he had previous convictions of other thefts, so he, he, got, he got hit pretty hard with it. So, so, oh, wow. so he thought that <laughs> when the person <laughs> scanned it, not only would they not notice the price, they wouldn't notice that there was another item's name that did, came up on the screen. Did he right, throw yeah. up like some gum around it and like a... Uh, yeah, yeah, like a couple other yeah. items, like he notice, like yeah. when like someone under twenty one buys like liquor and like right. they get like a magazine and yeah. <laughs> or or when you no, have this stuff. old baseball cap. Oh, and I'll go ahead and take this uh, sixer of Meisterbrow, but the gum, yeah, I'm mostly here for the gum. Yeah. Or, or when you have to go to the grocery store specifically only to get toilet paper, and yeah. so you have to like throw a few other things into it. Yeah, the there's no dignified way to just to buy toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, the thing about buying toilet paper is you go and then all of a sudden you notice like oh, there's like a. 30 pack on sale and if I got that that's like <laughs> such a savings so like you're inclined to get it but then you have to like walk around with this thing and people are going to be like man have you got problems or something yeah but no yeah. I'm, I'm stockpiling I'm value- for the nuclear winter I'm a value buyer yeah. Uh, yeah yeah. so anyway this whole Walmart thing just br- it, it, it got me thinking um, let, let me just let me just paint a picture for the listener yeah. this is an audio medium mm-hmm. so Calvin says it got me thinking yeah I'm yeah. reading the room at this moment Calvin, when he says it got me thinking, put it, got a big smirk on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Maya yawned. She, 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 I she, she sank in her chair. <laughs> she sank in her, sank back in her chair a little bit. Like checked her and, phone. And Chad, what else is going Chad on? Chad picked up his phone to start like, yeah. doing something else. <laughs> so Calvin's excited about this. Yeah. Let's hear what Keith Morrison has to say. <laughs> no, I'm excited, Calvin. Bring it. Let's go. Brings me to my segment today, which I call, I mean, why bother Walmart? <laughs> all right. So first of all. Is Walmart saying that two dollars is too low for the price of a TV? I mean, it's that's a valid argument, I think. Anywhere, anywhere, but Walmart. I mean, aren't you? Aren't they always warning us to watch for falling prices? Look, mm. I'm pretty sure the last time I was in a Walmart, I spent about two dollars and got enough Christmas lights for the whole block. Maybe this TV price just kept falling and falling, and no one was paying attention. He could have just gotten lucky, but I mean. Why bother, Walmart? Look, hey, Walmart, your slogan for many years was always low prices. Always. And now it's save money, live better. Uh, maybe your slogan <laughs> should be, actually, I never finished this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote down, maybe your slogan should be dot, dot, dot. <laughs> well, there's our question insert, of the week. Insert something funny here. All right. Moving on. So, yeah, he lied and swapped out the barcode. That's a wrong thing to do. All right, I agree. But this guy didn't swap it out with a price that was at least a little realistic, like $100 or even $50. He chose $2. And I personally think that says something about the way customers see Walmart and see Walmart products. I mean, why bother Walmart? Look, you're never going to be Target or JCPenney. Man, I used to love me some JCPenney. <laughs> me too. It's coming back. I, well, yeah, you say that, but do you remember going to J.C. Penney with your mom, like back in the '80s we or '90s, when she was getting her hair done? Yeah, all yeah, those yeah. You get your hair done. It was somewhat like a legit store. Then it just went like downhill in the late '90s and 2000s. What? It's coming back. As you say, it's coming back. I don't no, know. No, no, no. Like, it's coming back. The guy who f- launched and was the CEO of all the a- Apple retail Apple stores, stuff. yeah, is the CEO, he's and he's JC totally Benny's. changing it. He's totally changing. Are you going to shop there, Cameron? I when they're done, I've never seen you walk in a couple of years. <laughs> what his concept is going to be is micro stores, and so it's actually like the oh, store yeah. will have a micro Levi store, a micro Apple store, a micro whatever brand store. And then the household area will be these micro stores and, and, and they're actually cool brands, well-designed, and it's taking a lot of time and effort to kind of turn the entire organization. But basically, all they have... But will they sell TVs for $2? Is real estate. Right. Really? Yeah. I don't, well, no, I don't think they're going discount. But actually. currently, JCPenney is, is not that. And it's, it's like Kmart. I just, I'm just wondering what happened to JCPenney. Look, then that whole, and I, in my opinion right now, the whole new box logo, the no sales anymore strategy thing, um, I just 
JCPenney, what are you thinking? It's all part of a new direction. Uh, look, this whole thing this, brings this, me to my new segment called JCPenney. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> you have the word penny in your name. Penny. What are you thinking? Look, uh, no more sales. Yeah, sure. Okay, okay. But how much is this nearly impressive comforter? $40? Okay. Wait, that's full price? Oh, never mind. Look, the idea of a sale is imprinted in like our American genealogy. You know, Black Friday is right around the corner, and it's the reasons Americans will be waiting in line as early as 4 a.m. and even midnight is because we love us a good sale. JCPenney, what are you thinking? Look, here's my idea for the week, and I'm, I'm usually at least good for one solid thought a week, I think. <laughs> JCPenney and Walmart should merge together <laughs> to become like a, the mid-scale superstore we all really want. They're going two different directions. Yeah. <laughs> <They'll>, <laughs> they should merge together. This is like Republican. Like Republican right. ever, yeah. yeah. They should merge together. And, you know, I think you know, they just have to be careful, though, cause, because Penmart is already taken. Um, and actually, Penmart is having a huge sale on ballpoint pens. <laughs> and you can check out Penmart right now. You can get ballpoints for 50 cents each. And that's my time. Wow. Wow. Love it. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. I apologize. Audible. See, I thought that Calvin's, you know, list or whatever he would do would be like, what would, what else would you switch for prices? Mm-hmm. Something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, no, he didn't. He took he it didn't. in a, took a, a totally different direction. He totally <laughs> took it in a totally different, different direction, direction, not based at all in the reality of the direction of the new JCP. Right. <laughs> You're so passionate JCP. about JCP. Penmark. <laughs> oh, it cracks me up. Give it two years, and you come back and tell me how if it's not a good store. I have faith you are standing in up the for Apple dude. Right no, now. I have oh. I have faith in the CEO. If the if the shareholders will let him see the vision through, because there's a little rumbling. Wait, so you're gonna go to the mall to go to a JC Penny that has a mall in it? It's not a mall. It's micro stores of like yes. of uh, yes, knit exactly. of. So it's of, like hold on boutique brands. <laughs> Soho brands, like like cool brands and stuff. It's like Bloomingdale's like, has with like Sephora and stuff. Yeah, like the they want to have like a micro like anthropology. Yeah. They want to have. I mean, they're trying Look. to go. They're dis. They're no longer doing discounts because they actually want to pivot their clientele to go after twenties and thirty somethings. Well, they're guys, trying to be Sears cool did this years ago. Tire section, <laughs> <laughs> weed, weed whacker section, yeah. Wrangler jeans section, Wrangler jeans, Bugle sections. Boy shorts. Oh, Bugle Boy, <laughs> big dog tees. <laughs> I it, let me say this: it worked for Sears, it's where I buy my threads, <laughs> dungarees. If you ain't running with the big dogs, get off the porch, okay? Oh. Is that where you got your LA lights? Yeah. Most of the clothing I bought there has some Velcro on it. <laughs> yeah, there's two there's two things that if you want to be in the Sears boutiques, your clothes are gonna need. That's elastic and velcro. <laughs> Figure it out. Figure it out. Chris and, Christie, and preferably everybody. some extra pockets. Alright, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Dustin Kinsrew. Once a city's only toast An old postcard was positioned as the star He was looked up to with fond regard But in 1962 The needle made its big debut And everybody forgot what it outgrew you're listening to Benjamin Gibbard. The song is Teardrop Windows. Very uplifting tune. Um, he, uh, Benjamin Gibbard being the lead singer from Death Cab for Cutie, who recently uh, got divorced from Zoe Deschanel. So, yeah. so it's a pretty sad album. But it's actually a somewhat happy song, and the music video for it is really creative. It was, on, it was on our site this week, so go check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Dustin Kinsrew, uh is the lead singer of the band Thrice, uh, incredibly popular band uh, of the last few years. Uh, he's a strong Christian and became a worship leader at Mars Hill Church, Orange County, um, and formed a worship band called The Modern Post uh, that's known for their upbeat, synth-laden, bass-heavy sound, uh, kind of like The Cure or Surfer Blood or The Drums. Their first EP called Grace Alone released this past August the EP is a collection of redone hymns, but the band is currently working on a full album, a 
of original material to be released next year. We actually talked to Dustin in the November issue of Relevant, which just released. Uh, it's a great uh, interview, and here's another side of this story. Our very own Tyler Huckabee uh, spoke to him. Here is Dustin Kinsrew of the Modern Post. So I'm curious to know, what was the story behind getting your own label for Marcel or, or putting out music through Marcel? A big part of it is that we believe like very strongly in the music coming out of the local church and only want to encourage music that's tied to the local church. Um, and Marcel has a bunch of amazing musicians, um, very diverse sounds that come out of the, the local churches. and. Just the way that, that things have been done and, and are being done is a fairly different model than I've seen anywhere else. So it's something that we wanted to start figuring out how to how to share that. So that's a big thing is it's just tying it into like, this is what's happening on the ground. We want to capture that. We want to share it, not only for uh, the people within Marcel, but outside of that. I think you personally have gone through a pretty interesting career arc from from thrice to where you're at today. And I would assume as you look back over your own musical history, it's a little bit, it didn't take a lot of the turns you would have expected when you started out. Can you give me like a brief summary of your journey from thrice to now and, and what it feels like from your vantage point right now, looking back over it? Yeah, I wanted to start thrice as a quote unquote Christian band. Um, I don't. I don't think Christian should be used as an adjective. Uh, Christian is a noun, you know, a person, and, and when we start labeling things uh, as Christian, there's a bunch of weird things that, that happen there. But um, my heart was good in that. I wanted, you know, I wanted to play music. I wanted to glorify God with it. I wanted to be good with it. But God had a different plan. So I was engaged in totally secular marketplace music and wanting to write in a way that was engaging for. Uh, not just people who were like-minded in various ways. So I wanted it to be challenging, and for me, challenging for the listener, but uh, but also just really honest from where I was coming from. And so through that, I, I never thought I would go into leading worship in a church setting. I, I guess I had told my wife that I would, I would never do that. Um, <laughs> I think probably because there was just so many things that I saw that were kind of screwed up with the way that that usually happened. Um, and I guess I was just checking out of that. So one day a couple of years ago, God started putting on my heart that I had been trained to do it differently uh, and I was just kind of sitting on the sidelines complaining about it he just started putting in my heart like this desire to engage in uh, leading worship in the local church and also to start thinking about and moving towards trying to have an impact to worship music culture at large and the church at large um, I was volunteering at the church that I grew up at working with college ministry there and then I uh, had felt like I was supposed to be part of a church plan in Orange County at some point with uh, my friend Nick Lagardis and through a bunch of different things he ended up coming down to plant the uh, Marshall in Orange County and I got on the team for that so It's a pretty different sound from worship music. Like if somebody were to ask you, 
Like, what does it sound like? How are you guys changing up just musically what worship is doing? How would you answer them? I don't think any of what's coming out of martial music should be like touted as like, this is what it should sound like, because that's kind of the point. It's like, it should sound like a bunch of different things. It, it should sound, you know, like, and there's, there's things that'll guide that. I mean, like, so for the modern post, like, it's really, in general, really joyful um, as a response to, to what God has done. And, and that's not the only emotion that we should see in, in gather worship, but that's what really influenced, I think, a lot of the focus of that particular band was like, man, we want to want this stuff to be to upbeat and uplifting so that as we sing these truths, like the music is really going along with that. Um, but I think the actual sound of the modern post just happened out of the four guys playing together. It, it, mm-hmm. Different mu- music actually communicates different feelings and it can't be an accident that God's created this, this thing that affects us uh, emotionally um, it has this connection so I think that there's there's lots to be said for exploring that exploring those connections between uh, there, I mean there's kind of this reaction with um, people on like kind of the super stuffy side of the reform uh, movement historically where it's like you know we don't want to feel anything that would not be objective that would not be uh, you know we're just we're letting our emotions get the best of us rather than focusing on truth, but it's not an accident that God intends for us to worship in song. Like, so song and music affects us, and the way that we can, uh, can meld that with truths of Scripture and truths about who God is and make those work together, I think that, you know, we, we shouldn't be seeking the experience, but we also shouldn't run away from this amazing uh, connection between something God's created in music and it being used to glorify Him. That was Dustin Kinsrew. Make sure to read the piece on the brand new issue of Relevant. You can find it at relevantmagazine.com. And I can't seem to separate these lines between the facts and your lines. You can talk all you want, say you're all in. But I'll take your ass on, you know I will track you. You're listening to Matthew Mayfield. The song is Track You Down. It's very ominous. Well, if you've been to our website in the last few weeks, you've noticed that we have a link up in our nav for Operation Christmas Child. We we recently partnered with Operation Christmas Child because it's an organization doing great work and has been doing so since 1993. You, you know about the shoeboxes uh, that they do. Uh, Samaritan's Purse for Operation Christmas Child uh, encourages people, churches or individuals to collect and, and, and gather like gifts for children who wouldn't receive Christmas presents otherwise, put them in a shoebox and, and drop them off at a location that's all over the country. And, and then Operation Christmas Child sends those around the world. There, there's more to the story, though, than just kids receiving a Christmas present. And that's what grabbed us. Uh, when, when we got to know their story, we thought this is something that actually has far more impact than just a kid receiving a present. So we partnered with them. We actually made a video. Um, our team, Evan Travelstead, uh, here in our office, made, made a video. Uh, it's fascinating telling the story or the journey of, uh, and the impact of Operation Christmas Child. You can actually find that video at relevantmagazine.com slash Child. And I would encourage you to check it out. It's 90 seconds long, and it, it's really cool. Operation Christmas Child Samaritan's Purse uh, connects with churches all around the world where these uh, gifts are delivered. And then they invite the community to come to that, you know, from the village to come to that church where uh, the kids receive the presents, but they're also presented with the gospel. And they form a connection with the church and get involved at the church and bring their family to the church. And it is actually an outreach 
mechanism for the local church in these villages all around the world to connect with their community in a tangible way, uh, but to kind of spread the gospel and have a sustained relationship with uh, the villagers. One life that was changed by an Operation Christmas Child shoebox gift was a Rwandan orphan from the genocide named Alex Singamana. Our very own Stephanie Smith recently spoke to Alex, and here is his story. Alex, just hearing a little bit about you, I know that you grew up in the middle of your country's genocide, which is not something that really is good for anyone of any age to witness firsthand, but this was when you were a child. From a seven-year-old's perspective, how did you see all of this unfold? It was quite a shocking to see that, to see that your neighbor turning to his neighbor and killing them. It was just unheard of. And at that time, we were young and we were kind of worried for our safety because we were also being um, hunted and being killed because some family members were killed during the war. So we were kind of running and, and just trying to find, a, to find a, safe, a safe place we can stay. But it was just really hard to imagine uh, that a neighbor would turn to us people we've known for many years, people we've uh, hang out with, and we, people we went to school with their kids. And it's just to see how the brainwashed many people were during that time. People who actually killed my family were my neighbors. So that's something that for me, I could not, I, I can't, I couldn't comprehend that our neighbors, personal neighbors, we who we knew, came and turned around and took our, my grandmother and my uncle's lives. You have obviously come a long way. You're in the States now studying to be a pastor. How have you processed this part of your past and um, what has kind of helped you better understand it and and really recover from it. Through, throughout the, the years, and I, I, I went to an orphanage uh, right after the war, and it was through that orphanage that uh, a group called the African Children's Choir came. When I was in that orphanage, I was asking myself questions of why I'm alive, and just kind of lost all hope at that time. And the African Children's Choir came to our orphanage to choose 12 kids to go to Uganda to learn English and eventually come to the U.S. to sing. While we were in Uganda, I was so hungry to find something to put my hope in and um, asking myself why. And they were, they were teaching us about, about God and I was trying to really find something I can put my hope in. When they were teaching me about that, I figured it's got to be a reason that I'm alive. There were so many chances that I would have been killed during the war. So that from my, my faith and when I gave my life to Christ, it was, this, was the beginning of my process of healing and understanding of what happened. And I started to see the signs that God used to save my life during that war. Not as a coincidence anymore, but part of His bigger plan. Yeah, and I realized that there's got to be a reason that I'm alive. And my goal in life was to find out what that reason is and what that plan is and um, live according to that plan. So when you were at the orphanage, you received a shoebox from Operation Christmas Child. And were you surprised or what did you think? We really didn't expect anything. We, uh, I remember when the caretakers at the orphanage called all the kids in their yard and they said, line up and you're gonna get a gift that came from America. And I could remember how excited everyone was and just, getting ready to receive this, you know, this gift. And we, they told us it came from America, so we were very excited. Why were you excited that it was from America? Because, you know, because we had never, you know, seen or had any, you know, seen anything came from America. And to have that 
that it's gonna be ours. We each gonna have a gift that came from America. To think that some people put these these gifts together, that was one of our biggest excitement at that time. And to have something to call our own, that was something very very special. But I always thought, you know, someone, someone put this gift together, and all of us kids were thinking, people out there in America put these gifts together for us, and you know, it's it's exciting. It's an exciting moment, and many of the us kids who had not received any Christmas gifts or anything. Part of it being that it's not, it wasn't a part of the culture at that time to give presents and. You know, with the war, uh, with the war that just took place, there's no not enough toys for all of us in the kid in the orphanage to play with. So to think that someone put that gift together uh, and they send it to the orphans of Rwanda, it, it, it reminded us that we were not forgotten. I was just wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your goal to actually go back to Rwanda. Over the years, I was telling you that the time I gave my life to Christ, and it was a time when my faith continued to grow, and understanding that love that He has for me is the same love that He has for the people in Rwanda, even for the people who killed my family. And from that time on, I knew that I wanted to do something. I wanted to be part of the ministry so I can eventually go back to Rwanda to be a pastor or plant a church in the village that I grew up in with my grandmother. And over the years through the African Children's Choir and going back to Rwanda and then God opening an opportunity for me to come back to the United States for education is a, a continual plan for, for me uh, achieving that dream. So I'm a, I'm a student at Crossroads College uh, in Rochester, Minnesota, to doing pastoral leadership and uh, biblical languages, to eventually go back to Rwanda, to the village that I grew up in, to eventually someday plant a church in that village, in that village that I grew up in. I believe that without, uh, without him, absolutely. Uh, true healing can never will never take place without him and because of what happened it was so so traumatizing to many people that a neighbor cannot find forgiveness for his neighbor who killed a member in his family or her family without understanding that true love and the true sacrifice that Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and one of the greatest gifts that I've received is the power to reach that point of forgiving. It took a long time and I don't take any credit for it because without him being part of my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. To find out more about Operation Christmas Child and ways you can get involved, it's actually really easy, folks. Head over to relevantmagazine.com slash Christmas child. Human heart is such a dangerous organ. <laughs> this is a story about three people who got themselves into trouble over the power of that difficult part of the body. <laughs> a woman named Marianne was married to a lovely man named Archie. You know the old expression, a good man is hard to find? Marianne got lucky with him. <laughs> and then along came somebody named Janos. Now, let me see. Janos was... 32 at the time, Marianne, 47, Archie, 58. <laughs> I think you might have an idea what is going to happen next. The difficulty is that 
there were too many people in the relationship. One of them had to go. And when Archie did, what do you think Marianne did with Janos? That is the subject of a fascinating tale, and one which, after 25 years, has finally come home to roost. I'm so confused. Awesome. I am wow. so confused. Wow. I'm con- Set the TiVo, guys. What you just heard is uh, Keith Morrison from Dateline NBC. Uh, the, it's on YouTube. The one minute intro for the uh, episode. Which episode, Jesse? Deadly Triangle. <laughs> that was amazing. It was like he was uh, being a caricature of his self. Of his yeah, self. it was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you, what historical biopic film would you like to see made? And also, who would star in it? And would there be any possible plot twists? You guys actually didn't disappoint on this one. On our Facebook page and uh, on our podcast episode page and on Twitter, you guys actually made like movie posters and told us a whole bunch of different ideas. Here are some of our favorites. Uh, uh, Brandon Fisher on the uh, podcast feedback forum said that his would be a dark comedy biopic about Bob Ross of The Joy <laughs> of Painting fame, starring Bill Murray as Ross and directed Ooh. by Wes Anderson. It would be happily titled Happy Trees. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I would yeah. actually see that. I would see that, too. Garrett Fryer, Freer, from uh, Langdon, North Dakota. I love this guy. He must uh, spend a lot of time indoors. Uh, he posted on the Relevant Podcast Facebook page, He said, here's his movie pitch. It's the story of Benjamin Franklin. He had the foresight to know that his face needed to be on the $100 bill so that rap artists would have something to rap about in the future. He's adamant that his face be printed and will stop at nothing to get it done. The role of Benjamin Franklin will be starring none other than the incomparable Calvin Keerley, who in a crazy twist will be playing Christopher Walken as Benjamin Franklin. Other actors are Snoop Dogg, Jay-Z, Johnny Depp, and the female character that Robin Williams played in Mrs. Doubtfire. And he made a movie poster. It is a V with your face on Benjamin Franklin mm-hmm. in the front with the rappers and Mrs. Doubtfire and Johnny Depp. Where is it at? In the v- on the uh, Relevant Podcast Facebook page. Um, so that was Garrett Fryer. That was great. A- a- Andy Gee on uh, Facebook said it would be <laughs> Sylvester Stallone portraying Sylvester Stallone in a biopic of himself <laughs> with multiple versions of himself standing in a V on the poster. <laughs> Eric Keel on the Relevant podcast page said, uh, John Wilkes Booth, Vampire Creator, starring Christopher Walken as Booth. <laughs> I like that one. Christopher Walken's getting a lot of play. Uh, Austin Campbell on the uh, podcast page on the website said, um, some of the best podcast episodes have been when Jesse shares an awkward moment from his, from his real life. So he thinks that there should be a Jesse uh, Carey biopic that would delight delight any on- audience except for children, of course. And it would obviously be, be rated R. So the film obviously. Would, wait, obviously. why? 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 He, uh, Jesse lives a PG thirteen life. <laughs> the film version we dramatize. Some yeah. Things. Okay. The film would begin on the last scene and work backwards like Memento. First, we'd see a chimp holding a shotgun uh, leveled at a terrified James Franco who is playing Jesse. For, um, first off, I, I I accept James Franco in this role, <laughs> and you also accept the the inevitable death of um, gunshot by chimp. Yeah, I, I've had I've had the, this premonition for a while now, but in my dream, just so it's accurately portrayed in the film, the chimp is smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was. Well, he's holding that shotgun. Yeah. So we see this chimp over over James Franco. Uh, and then, and then, and then, before anything happens, it cuts to a scene where uh, Jesse, um, or I'm sorry, where James Franco is experimenting with the chemistry set beside beside a caged chimp. And then said throughout everything else, it gets kind of boring and confusing. Like, why is there a random scene where James Franco falls out of a bunk bed? <laughs> How's that boring, boring and confusing? Boring, boring and confusing, much like my actual life. <laughs> they said somewhere in the middle of the film, Jesse's ketchup allergy causes his eyes to explode. Thanks to an alligator eye transplant, he regains his sight. His his new eyes give him X-ray vision, but he'll never. never Wait, so alligators have X-ray vision is what we're hypothesizing <laughs> here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and then he, then he says, after all of it, we realized Jesse is dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> It would run 35 minutes. Uh, it'd be rated R for language, graphic, ape, and human 
human violence and alligators. It would be called Dawn of the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the Jesse Carey story. I think I think that would probably be the highest grossing film of all time. Ever. I like only, only 35 minutes, too. So you yeah, I like that little note. It says runtime 35 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. The, 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 the rest of the hour is a blooper reel following the credits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for your feedback. Now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right, so earlier in the podcast, we had uh, a little bit of commercial discourse uh, about the future and the potential of the one and only JCP. J.C. Penney. Penmart. Calvin thinks that its future direction should be merged with Walmart to create a super moderate store. What, what was the yep. reasoning? Yep. No, that's, that's about as... Kind of mid-priced items? Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I informed him of <laughs> the direction that it's going with brilliant leadership uh, of, of uh, it's being like branded boutiques within the store. It's, it's going cool. They're going to try and make it cool. And, you know, it's yet to be seen. We want to know what your ideal J.C. Penney's would look like. That's mm. our question of the week. We mm. want to know what you, Sit down if this. you were the CEO of J.C.P. Are we trying to get sponsored by J.C. Penney's? <laughs> the new J.C.P. Give it a can, year. I don't want the sponsorship yet. Yeah. <laughs> can, 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 I, can I cast a vision for what, what just, a, just, a, just a store idea? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. So, so you walk in the door and, okay. and, and you're approached by, uh, you know, it's almost like, um, what are they called? At the restaurant, the, you know, the, the person, the hostess approaches you and says, your Segway, sir. Oh, okay. And then he, you're like, okay. And she's like, all right, take, go to the left here uh, for the Nerf guns, uh, straight ahead for remote control helicopters, and to the right, exotic animals. <laughs> Enjoy your shopping. <laughs> so your vision for the JC, as if you were the CEO of JCP, you, yep. would, you would make it. Um, or you get a Segway. Every every customer gets a Segway. Yes. Well, you don't get to leave with it. Sure. But it's, but it's like we don't have shopping carts. We got Segways. And they would have a basket in the front. So yeah, or a little trailer or something. <laughs> a little trailer. <laughs> I haven't mean, figured out the technology. Shopping. I'm so, going to let that. I'll let the Apple guy deal with. <laughs> no, that. no, you're the CEO. You're the CEO of this place. So what that kind of does? It's, you're a, tra- it's a small red wagon behind. You're the trying to. Segway. You're trying red, to. You're trying to make the demographic, flag. the JCP demographic, younger. And so what you're trying to do is like literally, old people can't ride Segways. So if don't it's want a, them. I don't want them. I don't want their money's not good there. <laughs> so if you have to be young enough to, and agile enough to be able to stand on a Segway. Yeah, they're tricky. <laughs> You'll have to wear a bicycle helmet for insurance purposes. Right. But yeah. So to shop the, at the at the Jesse Carey led JCP, everybody's riding around in bicycle helmets. Oh, so, on a sec. Yeah. Like I said, it's let's keep it reasonable. I have to insure this place. Yeah, right. So does the JC now stand for Jesse Carey? JC Carey Pennies. Yeah, Jesse Carey Pennies. Mm-hmm. Yes. So so does, is it like three floors? Each floor is committed? Yeah, so there's like, a series of ramps that are initially pretty difficult to navigate. Right. They're all made out of Nerf? Uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, they, they, they hurt surprisingly bad when you fall on your Segway on them. <laughs> all right. So actually we're, what we're doing is we're stumbling onto a wrinkle of the question. The, 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 the question as originally con, uh, conceived was what would you, the brands or what would your stores be within the new JCPenney store? But where it's going now is what is JCPenney really? What mm-hmm. is it? It's real estate. It's yeah. a bunch of wide open stores. In the mall. Yeah. Can, it's a bunch of wide open multi-story you know, rooms connected to a mall. So the question of what is the future of your vision for J.C. Penney's? It could be anything. It could be a skate park. Yeah, it's like, honey, you go to anthropology and and Bath and Body Works. I'm gonna head over to the new J.C.P. Pick up some Nerf toys and a kimono dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and some new batteries for my helicopter. I mean, it could be you could it could just be a massive indoor swimming pool if you wanted mm-hmm. it to be. You it know? could charge for admission. a fee. Yeah, yeah. charge admission. Yeah. Right. So okay. Okay. So th- so this is broadening it. So now people can really get creative. I, I like the idea of the JC Penny being its its own huge big food court. Oh yeah. We sure. hijack yeah. a food court. Sure. And we put it just in the JC Penny. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And everything's like a dollar less than the actual mall food court. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just undercutting the yep. food court. It's kind of like real Your whole com. vision is just to undercut the actual food court. Yep. So, so it's wide open, folks. JCP, as it's previously been defined for the last century, gone. The real estate becomes totally available. You're the CEO. Blank slate. 
cast the new vision for JCP. I love it. So right into the uh, podcast episode page. You can post your replies there. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or uh, on our Facebook page, uh, Relevant Podcast Facebook page. Many thanks to Dustin Kensrew for talking to us. You can check out The Modern Post, his new worship project, on iTunes. There's actually no website for it. Uh, iTunes and other places music are sold. And thanks to Alex... Uh, Singamana uh, for talking to us. Find out more about Operation Christmas Child at our microsite, relevantmagazine.com slash Christmas Child. Uh, don't forget the new issue of Relevant, the November issue uh, with Rain Wilson on the cover and featuring a very popular and very buzzing uh, article by Bob Goff, uh, 10 Ways to Live an Extraordinary Life. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in there, uh, a lot of other great content. It's available now. It's on newsstands nationwide. And if you have an iPad or an iPad mini, the uh, interactive edition, the iPad edition is available now. Um, it's, um, don't tell anybody, but it's actually better than the print magazine. <laughs> um, actually, uh, speaking of the iPad mini, if you have an iPad mini, the, the magazine actually looks great on it. Uh, I was shocked. I thought the type would maybe be too small. But it isn't. It's very readable. It's, it's a great experience. So um, check that out. You can subscribe now at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. You get four albums. You get the magazine. And you get immediate access to all the magazine content on the website. It's a great deal. I think you'll like the magazine. It's one of my favorite issues we've ever done. And we'd love the support. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Calvin. Hey, your color's coming back, by the way. I've laughed a lot. That's been probably what helped. Laughter is the best medicine. Is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jesse Carey. <laughs> right, that's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. I'm under pressure. Man, I'm under pressure. Been trying to walk it out. I keep ending up on a stretcher. Problems in life are stretcher. Ain't got it all together. They say the change coming, but it's feeling like forever. I'm on a mission. They probably think I'm missing. Some screws, but it's these three nails that keep me driven. If God ain't with me, I know that I'm going to fail. And ain't a wish in the world that could wish a boy well. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. Stay out of my way, too. If you see me, just pull over. You don't want to be in the way of this rock train.